the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Intelligent. Conservative. The answer. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome back to the Andrea K. Show, hour two of tonight's Andrea K. Show. I, I I can't lie to y'all. It ain't looking good. I am so sore. I almost didn't even make it back from the ladies during the break to do hour two Say what? tonight's Andrea K. Show. Now, I'm telling y'all, there was a time in my life where I used to work out. I used to do advanced workouts and not even be sore the next day. I think I did like a beginner workout yesterday. How would No, it was two days ago. And what's the, with this phenomenon that you're more sore like the second day after a workout? And I seem to be getting more sore by the hour. I don't even know what's going on with me. So, but let me just tell you, it hurts to hold up my coffee. All right. Glad to have you guys continue on with me tonight. I'm super glad to have my new buddy, friend of the show, Gary Quackenbush, lawyer, as in GQ Law, Gary Quackenbush. As of the radio show, Word on Wealth, y'all can hear every day. At 2 p.m. here, we're introducing a new segment tonight called Cracking the Whack, i.e. Wacky Laws. <laughs> Hello. Welcome back to the show, my dear friend, Gary Quackenbush. Uh, hey, Andrea, you're hilarious. By the way, if you're if you're that sore, just you need to take time to stretch those muscles, get them stretched, get, get a, a roller, roll them out. You're going to be fine. I don't know, Keep man. Have you heard of this phenomenon where you're more sore, like not the next day, but the day after? Yeah. Like two days later? Yeah, because, yeah, because it, it has to do with swelling. And what happens is the muscles eventually tighten up and they start because when you when you work your muscles, there's little micro tears in the fibers in the muscle. And the next day it's a little bit sore, but then there's the swelling that comes on the, the next day after. So it's a matter of stretching and keeping doing it. See, that's what happens. I mean, I'm like an old guy and I do I <laughs> mountain bike four days a week, like super crazy. And if I don't stretch out between time, of riding it's like i can't walk so yeah that, that's where i'm at right now it ain't pretty gary I, it ain't pretty quack okay I, as, I just think hey ak i think the way you're exercising i think it's a good example to us all you got to keep it up keep it thank up. you i am determined i am determined that i'm going to continue to walk put one foot in front of the other i may not do a <laughs> squat again anytime soon but we will see okay so, okay, so i'm super excited so to introduce funny. our new segment crack in the whack except now i.e wacky laws except now i'm thinking that people are going to think quack is in gary quackenbush and the whack is me as the whack so <laughs> Well, you know what? I, that's not. That was your thing. And apparently you came up tonight is at seven o'clock on Tuesdays. We have the quack and the whack. Job. So, anyway, <laughs> so the quack and the whack. It's about wacky laws, though, ladies and gentlemen. There are so many crazy laws that are on the book. Some of you kind of like, go, oh, OK, I guess that makes sense. But I have a couple. Can I share a couple? Yes, please. OK. 
Just so you know, in case you're traveling across the nation, in Alabama, it is illegal to drive blindfolded. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm glad they have that law because it makes me nervous to drive in other states because it might be illegal somewhere else. Well, um, let, let me tell you why I'm laughing so hard on that. I'm not at all surprised that Alabama is the state that had to make a law that you can drive while blindfolded. You don't know this, Gary Quackenbush quack, from Quack and the Whack, but I spent half my childhood in Alabama. My daddy grew up in Opelika, which is right next door to Auburn. And I I would say that most of the people that I grew up around um, weren't exactly the brightest of the of of the of uh, the bright the brightest bulb and the whatever you, whatever you call it not exactly the brightest people got to be told to not put on a blindfold. Oh my gosh, that is just so <laughs> funny. But this one's a little bit better. This makes a lot more sense in Alaska. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> In Alaska, it is illegal to drive your car while while your dog is tethered to it. <laughs> it's so illegal to drive your. Car. It's illegal to drive your car if it's tethered to it. No, while your dog is tethered to the car. <laughs> I don't. Even. You can't tie your dog to the car and drive down the road. Apparently, that's illegal in Alaska. <laughs> Well, what does it say about Alaskan people? Is this the bush? But who would do that anyway? I mean, what kind of what kind of people are you in Alaska? You got to be told not to drive down the road with your dog. I mean, it's not like they're Mitt Romney. Was what did did Mitt? Isn't this what Mitt Romney did when his family? No, no, they put the dog in a, in a crate on top of the roof. I don't know. That's crazy. Well, there you go, airborne. Well, there is the movie. Yeah, Chevy Chase Vacation. They did that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that was, you know, <laughs> cop pulls him over. And there's just a leash hanging on the back of the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what else you got? You got more wacky? Are you gonna? You got more wacky? Are you gonna oh, get serious no. on us? I'm gonna get serious. I, the thing I ran into this week um, a couple of times, AK, was when we're, when I'm setting up people in estate plans, it's them taking care of grandkids because a lot of people. I mean, they have four hundred thousand in their four hundred one k. Their house now is you know it's an average house in San Diego worth like a million and a half dollars, and they're leaving a bunch of money to their kids. And they're leaving money to their grandkids. And, it, and I've just been running into this, like, well, I don't want to give it all to my kids. And if I give too much to my grandkids, and so I, we came up with a couple of plans the last couple of days, was you can put money into, you do an education fund. So you create, like, you create, like, grandchild education fund. It can be part of your estate plan, part of your living trust that you create, so that when you pass away, a certain amount of money, you know, 50, 100,000, whatever, goes into an education fund that gets monitored by your trustee, and they can dole it out for grandkids that are getting secondary education. And I, I, I see that more and more, and it makes me really happy because, you know, grandkids are awesome, and it's a way to kind of show them, like, here's your legacy, here's your getting from grandpa, here's some money that we're leaving this account, but I want you to do right with it. I want you to get an education. So I, that we're doing... Um, well, that's a great idea. I love that because it's a way, I, first of all, I love grandparents um, thinking about, you know, that, you know, generation instead of just thinking automatically, I'm going to leave it to, you know, my son, daughter or whatever. So first yeah. of all, I love that. Second of all, I, I love the thought, the thoughtfulness that with what the cost of tuition is these days. And I know that the people are rethinking right now whether or not, you know, kids should ever go to college. And it's an individual thing. Not all kids should be put automatically on that track. 
track. Um, but right. I love the fact that there's so many people today, particularly like with inflation and, and the cost of living. And it's it's $2,500 a month or 3000 for a one bedroom in San Diego. So many people are thinking there's no way I'm going to be able to put my kid through, through college. So this, you uh-huh. know, it's it's a it's a way for it. It just solves so many problems. And I would and I would tell you that um, when I was I worked in the children's ministry at the Rock Church. Um, for about four or five years. And I was really blown away by the level of involvement with grandparents and their grand, because I didn't have that when I was growing up. And I just loved mm-hmm. seeing, so because I would, you know, the grandparents would drop the kids off and come and pick them up. Sometimes they were full, they were the actual full caregivers, but oftentimes they were just really involved grandparents. And so I just love this story of, of hearing about grandparents thinking about how they can, they can leave, you know, a legacy for their grandchildren. So I absolutely love that. I think that's a big part with estate planning that we kind of miss. We always think, oh, estate planning. Yeah, that's for dead people. But it's like, it really, it, you can leave a legacy because we leave a mark on people, you know, mm-hmm. whether we teach them our you know, our, our God-fearing Christian values, we teach them to be good people, and then you give them a leg up. It's like you have a lot of money sometimes. And I mean, to a kid, mm-hmm. you know, $10,000 or 5000 I mean, that's a lot of money. So I just think people should not be afraid to be generous, you know, with grandkids, set mm-hmm. it up so it's not necessarily their parents can have it, you know, because sometimes you get families that get split up, and then you want to take care of your grandkids even more. So there are ways to do it, and it's, it's not hard. It's stuff that we build in all the time into a state plan. So if you can have that kind of control, do those legacies, um, you know, we're always happy to do it for our listeners. Uh, speaking of listeners, do you have time to take a, a quick call? We've got Jack from Oceanside who's got a question for you. Yeah, sure. Okay. Jack from Oceanside, lay down your, your question for Gary Quackenbush. Okay. This is a tough one because it's a relatively new crime. Um, how do you protect your house? especially if it's paid for, free and clear, from home title theft. So that's where, yeah, that, what, what people do to try to protect themselves from that is that there is actually a service that you can subscribe to. It's free. You go on, you go on the county recorder's website, and there's a way. Where it's, it's, um, it's like called county. I, I looked it up before, but if you go to the county records, and it's like the, the grantor-grantee index on the assessor county recorder's office. It's all free. And just look up um, title protection. And what happens is they actually monitor, and anything that gets recorded on your house, they immediately notify you. So because the problem is not necessarily that somebody records something against your house. The problem is not knowing it for years and years, and mm-hmm. then you can't figure out how to get rid of it. So you can actually get a free service that the county assessor will monitor and they will notify you anytime anything is recorded against your home. So I think that's probably the biggest way to just periodically check your own title report and make sure that everything is clear. Yeah, well, that- yeah, I'm familiar with that, but here's the problem. Um, if, there's, um, if, if there's papers that have filed on your parcel number and they're false and you're notified about it, uh, it's up to you to get a lawyer and take care of it. The county's not going to help you. Although the county's the problem because they file these papers without checking to see if they're legitimate or not. And then they make it public information. Now I feel uh, that's my own private information. I never gave them permission to use it. It'd be like if you published my bank account numbers. 
So um, no, it's it's not really. I mean, it's not. I you know. It's why not does the county make it, uh, public information? Uh, everything is, about my house, the loans, the liens, so forth. It's. I mean, I I don't know how to answer your question with that. I mean, as far as like. The, the information they're providing are, addresses are public, but we can't unpublish our yeah. own address. Yeah. You know, and then when you borrow money and you want, if you, you don't have to borrow money and record it, have a, a trustee recorded against your house. You can volunteer not to. But the thing is, those that's the only way that, that like a lender can protect themselves is to put something on your title. And those, those, the lender documents don't have any, I mean, there's some really strict laws on the confidentiality. It doesn't have your social security number. It doesn't have any, you know, particular identification number stuff. It has your address, but you know, somebody has to be able to look you up. They can figure out your address. Well, when you anyway. buy title insurance, does it protect you? No, the title insurance is for it. If you buy tight, I don't know if you know, title insurance is where you, the person that is buying a piece of property is buying insurance to make sure that the title is clear, that they're taking title free and clear. There's no clause on title. That's what title insurance is. That usually comes through escrow. Yeah. I think um, we're, yeah. Up, we're up against a clock, Jack. Uh, yeah. Thank you yeah, for yeah. calling in. I appreciate that. Gary, how about you give your number out and, and if Jack or others want to, to want to contact you for that or any, any other questions, how they can get a hold of you? Oh, it's easy. Um, 855-500-TRUST. 855-500-TRUST. You can give me a call. I'll walk you through it. Yeah. Gary, let me ask you this. I mean, do, does putting your house in a trust protect you? And Is that one way that you can protect somebody going and trying to, trying to you know, steal your house through uh, um, stealing the title? It, you know, the thing is because title theft is they're actually creating a fake deed that doesn't really do anything. And they don't actually, I mean, they can't actually steal the house. Mm-hmm. It's just it gets on there and clouds it, and it's okay. you can always reverse them. You know, I've I've done it several times with you know different title issues. You can reverse them. It's just a pain in the neck, and it's it's just wrong. It's like when somebody steals your ID. It's not yeah. that's illegal. Title theft is illegal. You can reverse it. It's you, a pain, and that's okay. why we monitor. Right, all you can do is monitor. Okay, I didn't know if putting because I absolutely believe in in uh, putting homes your house in a trust. I don't know if you agree or not. Oh, that's absolutely. yeah. So hundred percent agree. Your house should be in a living trust. It should never be in your direct. You know, in your name only. It should be in your trust. If, if it's a rental, it should be like in an LLC or a corporation. We mm-hmm. definitely need to take care of titles and not put everything in our name. You know, we should talk so. about that next time. What do you think? Just talk okay. about, you know, putting why it's so important to put your house in a trust and what you just said, too, that if you've got, prop, you know, if you've got income property uh, that you're renting out, if you're a landlord, why that needs to be in an LLC. Because I know so many people that uh, that own a, a, a condo or whatever, and they're renting it out. And I know they don't have it. And even if they have it in a trust, I know they don't have it in an LLC. And I I don't even think I know the answer to that. So how about that for next week? Absolutely. As well you as your, it, Andrea. yeah, as well as you're continuing with your whack, cracking the whack. Okay. All right. Thank okay, you so much. Luck and you're welcome. AK, have a great one. Awesome show. Thank you, darling. Appreciate you. All right. Now y'all stay tuned. We got more Andrea K show on the way. Don't go anywhere. Andrea K telling you like it is while eating a donut too. It's the Andrea K show on the answer. San Diego. Welcome back to the Andrea K. Show. Do not adjust your sets. I'm Jen Kearns in for Andrea today. I eat donuts too, but somehow I'm not 102 pounds. How is that? 
Uh, I guess it's because she works out, as we've heard in the uh, aforementioned segment. Hey, well, welcome back. I'm in for Andrea K today. Uh, as you just heard uh, her pop on for a great conversation, she'll be back uh, with you tomorrow. And uh, the focus of this hour of the show today is what can you do if you don't like how things are in politics? And my next guest just happens to be somebody who didn't pay much attention to politics, um, although he certainly uh, did his service in the military, um, serving overseas, actually won an award for being uh, one of the first people into the Cobar Towers blast and is credited with saving several lives in that. And uh, then he moved to Oklahoma, my home state, my original home state. I know there are a lot of Okies in the San Diego area. And so I wanted to bring his story to you tonight and uh, would love to welcome on Richard Tortorello. Jen, how you doing? Hello, Jen, how you doing? Hey, doing Hey, doing well. Uh, so, Rashar, you're a friend of mine and also somebody I met really in grassroots politics uh, going back to the year 2020 when across the country, uh, boy, think about this, the midterms is seven weeks from tonight. The last time Americans went to the polls in 2020, we had COVID lockdowns. Uh, not maybe in Oklahoma, but in California and certainly in San Diego. I know they still were dealing with lockdowns in November of 2020. Uh, we had BLM riots. And of course, we had the defunding of police. And uh, that third topic uh, is near and dear to both of our hearts. And that's how I met you is doing some campaigning to recall some uh, city officials in the state of Oklahoma who defunded the police. Um, tell us a little bit about that and your work in uh, helping recall a couple of city council members and uh, then how it led to you yourself running for office. Absolutely. You know, so in June of 2020, uh, the group that we had formed was called Unite Norman. And uh, at that time, a couple of months prior to that, the uh, Norman City Council made the radical move of joining the nationwide protest against our police officers. And I have to say that the Norman Police Department, it's one of the finest police departments in the state of Oklahoma. They had nothing to do with any of the nonsense of Minneapolis. But our city council members thought they wanted to join the fray, the protest. They actually bust in protesters from out of state to come and help with the protest and decided that they wanted to defund our police in the tune of $4 million. Now, they had a debate that night during city council, and they settled on $865,000, which was nine positions, and the, the rest is history. So Unite Norman was formed, basically, to take back our city from the radical liberals who wanted to destroy our way of life. They start with the police. Now, what had happened, we had a, a petition recall for the mayor and all the odd-numbered city council people. And I tell you what, we came and we achieved our goals. We got enough signatures to recall the mayor. And one city council person stepped down from her position, which is my ward, Ward 5, and um, I took up that space. Um, I'm not a politician. I'm just a guy minding my own business. But people have got to do a wake-up and see what's going on in your city, because I sat just focusing on what I was doing and had no idea of how radical our local government was. And if it wasn't for you, not Norman, waking up my, waking us up, waking me up, 
I wouldn't be sitting in the council position of one of the council members who resigned because we've got enough signatures to recall her. So that's how I pretty much got started in politics. Yeah, it's really an amazing story. And to set the stage, you know, Norman, Oklahoma is the third largest city in the state of Oklahoma. It's uh, just behind Oklahoma City and Tulsa. It's where the University of Oklahoma is based. I know there are a lot of OU fans and there's even an OU club in in San Diego uh, where I lived many years. Um, You know, this is interesting because, you know, me, I've always been involved in politics. I've been doing it for 20 years. So when I see other people get into the fray, it's so refreshing. You you had a day job and you didn't need to go do this. And like a lot of the listeners tonight in San Diego, um, who, by the way, have been super fed up with the likes of a guy by the name of Nathan Fletcher, who uh, now sits on the uh, Board of Supervisors in San Diego. I know a lot of people would like to do the same uh, type of recall thing right. to, to Nathan Fletcher. I don't know if San Diego has that set up for their county supervisors, but I brought you on because this is such an important story. Um, you, you know, you're not a trained political strategist, and yet you won a race that people said could not be won because it was in a liberal town. Uh, just like San Diego is becoming in some pockets. Um, and, and you really said, no, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and, and run for this. And guess what? Instead of using all these, you know, words that work and all these things that we're supposed to um, say as Republicans, you said, I'm going to run and I'm going to be myself. And, um, and you did that and, and you won with flying colors. And I think that's a, a real lesson for everybody to not back down from who you are to not back down from your pro-police, pro-law and order, pro-military, pro-America, Absolutely. America First positions. Yeah. And that's what you did, and, and um, it's really a, really a testament. So, so two years down the line, uh, two years passes from June 2020 to June 2022. Tell us what you were able to accomplish on the city council in just two short years, refunding the police. So, that is a big deal. Listen, guys, you know, so – after 24 months of campaigning and fighting for our police officers and, and law enforcement everywhere, council decided to finally refund Norman Police Department of every dollar and every cent, including the nine positions back. It took us 24 months during my retreat when I ran for office, and then we had a council retreat we set aside uh, an, our list of priorities for the next term. The biggest number one priority for me and my constituents and for the most of, of the majority of Normanites was to refund the money back to NPD. And so it's always been a campaign issue that I've made, a promise that was made, and a promise kept. And so I am very proud yeah. of myself and the work I've done. I'm proud of my fellow conservatives on council who fought alongside me to make this a reality. And we finally showed people that if you stand up for what's right and don't back down with these liberal um, mentality of destroying everything that's good about our country, we can actually win this. And I am a good example of that. As you know, you set it up perfectly. I ran in a four-man race with a, with a Democrat incumbent who also voted to defund the police, and I smashed all the records. I won my race first time out the door. You did. And, you know, unprecedented. And, you know, it's so funny. I remember looking at some of your mail pieces 
And even I, having worked in California and now New York City, I said, oh, are you sure you want to say that? You know, because the, the states <laughs> I'm in, I'm not allowed to say. And you just, man, this is such a great lesson for everyone in San Diego. You ran as yourself. You ran on your values. And at the end of the day, uh, the voters accepted you on your values. And those were all pro-American values, pro-police, pro-law enforcement. And I'm so proud to know you. You're such a great example. We're going to have a very, very good friend of yours up next after the break talking about uh, another heroic act um, that, that she did, and you were with her when she did this, and I can't wait to share her story as well. Rashar Tortorello, everyone look up Rashar, connect with him on Facebook. He's doing great things out there in the state of Oklahoma. Uh, we'll be back with more brave and bold stories of citizens doing great things in this midterm season. AK. Dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on the answer, San Diego. Welcome back to the Andrea K. Show. That's AK, but it's JK in for AK. I'm Jen Kern sitting in the chair for the big gal tonight, but I don't have to give her 10% because uh, she's not Joe Biden and I'm not Hunter. Uh, rolling along here in San Diego on uh, AM 1170, the answer. Uh, We're presenting to you some inspirational stories. If you've uh, read the recent polls and you're a little down, wondering, are Republicans really going to win the midterms? I'm sharing with you some stories this hour that will tell you you can and you will make a difference. And my next guest is no exception. In fact, she is uh, quite close with the the last guest we just had on, Rashar Tortorello. Uh, My next guest is Dr. Nicole Kish. Uh, Another person who prior to 2020 uh, wasn't that involved in politics, was focused, uh, as a lot of us are, building our business, uh, working, uh, trying to, you know, build our lives. In her case, uh, she's a a doctor and seeing patients. And uh, then a little thing happened on the way to the office one day. She turns on the news and sees that her town has defunded the police. She turns on the nightly news and sees the BLM riots and Uh, turns on the news and also sees all the COVID lockdowns from coast to coast. And she just got fed up and got involved in politics. And then she did something else. She went to Washington, D.C. in January of 2021 to watch the certification of the vote, um, to go to the peaceful rallies that day. And uh, while she was there in D.C. that afternoon, the riots broke out. And even though she was nowhere near the U.S. Capitol or the mayhem or the riots that took place at the Capitol, uh, what happened to her next really turned her life upside down. But she used it as an example of uh, just how dark and destructive the Democrats and their cancel culture mob can be. And uh, I'd like to welcome to the show Dr. Nicole Kish. And uh, thank you for joining us in San Diego tonight. Thank you, Jenna. I really appreciate you having me on there. Well, thank you so much for joining. Um, I want you to share a little bit about, you know, sort of the reasons you went to Washington in in January of 2021. You were someone who hadn't really ever volunteered on a campaign before, but you became, uh, you know, acutely interested in it as you watched our country be torn apart in the summer of 2020. And um, why did you go to Washington in, in January of 2021? Well, um, I wanted to definitely see what was happening constitutionally wise. I'm a patriot. 
I wanted to see how the electoral process occurred. And, of course, I'm a huge Trump fan. wanted to go see him and support our president, support our fellow patriots, and be there in D.C. to experience the whole thing. Uh, your previous guest, Richard Tortorello, and I went to January 6th together and got to experience all of that. And uh, it, was, it was quite the event, quite the experience. So, so you're at the Trump rally on January 6th, which is uh, about a mile away from where the mayhem starts breaking out at the Capitol. You had actually already left the Trump rally, from what I understand. It was rather cold. If, if anybody's been to Washington, D.C. in the middle of uh, you know, January, you know how cold it can be. You know how cold the um, wind chill factor can be. You guys had already gone back to your hotel when you see on the hotel TVs, all of the mayhem start breaking out. Um, you guys immediately, you know, thinking of the riots of the summer of 2020, you made arrangements to head home, fly back the next day. And um, you were quite shocked when you, before you even landed back home, you were already getting harassed by the liberal activists in your town. Explain what happened. So we we posted on Facebook that we were there supporting our president and, and we were at the rally. And by the way, it was an amazing experience just to be surrounded by all of these patriots. Jen, there were so many people there who were just so happy to be there. They were patriotic. They were there to listen to the president. They were there to show support. Everybody was so amazing, so nice, so wonderful. We had no idea that people were going to start attacking us once we posted on Facebook that we were there and they immediately started to attack my practice. They attacked me. They attacked my staff. And it was amazing what I had to do in order to just get my, get, get my business safe. So no kidding. We had to, I had to um, hire. A Wait, before, before you go into that, let me, let me ask you. Let me ask you, you, you simply had posted a picture on Facebook saying, hey, going to D.C. to watch the vote get certified. You guys, you know, took a picture on the plane just as anyone would. And that is the whole impetus of the attacks by the liberals in your town before you even got home. Right. Absolutely. The the woke mob is relentless and the attack started immediately and they'll attack you at any 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 way that they can they will absolutely attack you and uh it it was quite surprising to to see what happened and how quickly it occurred so you land back home in norman oklahoma um and and you pretty immediately saw the impact to your medical practice you're an optometrist in the town of norman oklahoma um very robust practice you immediately started getting calls you said uh, people harassing your nurses, harassing your front office reception, people telling them you're, you're going to prison and, um, and they're not going to have jobs. I mean, this, this was the kind of vitriol that you went through. And again, you were nowhere near the Capitol. There were no photos of you at the Capitol. I mean, I'm sure you would have had a knock on the door by the FBI by now. Um, this is really something that has no place in America. Tell, tell everyone what you went through. And, and the links you had to go to to secure your business at your own expense. So first I had to, I had to hire an off-duty police officer to be in my office six days a week from nine until six every day at $40 an hour at my expense. 
the woke mob called my landlord to try to get my lease revoked. They called the optometry board to try and get my license revoked. They called the mask police in the city of Norman to come in and make sure that we were compliant with our masks. It, and patients called and said that they wanted their records, they wanted to leave the office, and patients emailed and said, we don't want to be a part of this any longer. We don't want an insurrectionist. We don't want a doctor who's going to do something like this on January 6th. I mean, th- this is really amazing. So they basically found you guilty instead of innocent. Um, you know, that's, of course, only half of the population. But I'm sure it did probably scare away uh, reasonable people as well, because what reasonable people do They don't want to go into a mob scenario if there's a protest outside of your office or security threats to your office. If you're a normal, you know, everyday person, that scares those people away, too, does it not? Absolutely. And not not only that, um, it it it's it's scared future patients. So it, it scared the patients who you had already had an established relationship with and then the patients who who you've seen before decided not to come back in and see you. It's, it's very disheartening. It's pretty tough to do. And the other thing I had to do, Jen, is I, I literally had to move my practice. I moved to a completely different location three miles away just to, for a safer place, just for a safer place for my staff, more secure and more secure for my patients. So it, it was definitely one of those things that I had to do. Didn't really have a choice, but it was, it, it was worth doing. Wow. So you actually did move your practice after the woke mob called the uh, shopping center you were in and said, we want her out of here. So they didn't actually kick you out. But the the pressure, I presume, you don't want to be somewhere where you're not wanted. Right. (laughs) Yeah, that yeah, that wasn't that wasn't it. It was it was really because I needed to move and I wanted to be in a secure location where I didn't have to worry about my staff safety, my patient safety, or my safety. Did it shock you at all? We're talking, by the way, with Dr. Nicole Kish. Uh, she is a, a patriot and a wonderful citizen, a person whom I know, who uh, just happened to travel to Washington, D.C. on January 6th to watch the peaceful Trump rally and got um, harassed. And as you're hearing now, had her life completely turned upside down once she returned home, uh, even though they had no shred of evidence that that she had been anywhere near the Capitol. Um, Look, does it, final question, does it shock you that they tried to get your medical license revoked? I mean, that, that is pretty much, that is the ultimate cancel culture mob. You know, I'm, sure you went to medical school and honed your practice and and even served in the air uh, national guard of oklahoma uh doing optometry look that that's pretty serious stuff it is and it it it, it's pretty surprising to see that people will go to that length but they do and they're out there but you know what jen we do not have to succumb to their attacks and you we are able to move on and we're able to be patriots and we're able to survive and, and do better. Matter of fact, my practice now is busier than ever. People are seeking me out because they know I'm a patriot. They know I care about this country. They know I care about the constitution and they know that I care deeply for what I do and for standing up 
for who I am and 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 for who this country is. And so I have got so many new patients just by what occurred on January 6th. People have sought me out and they are happy to be there. They they know what they're going to get and they know that they have a patriot and somebody who wants to take good care of them and somebody who cares about them. That's such a great lesson for people to hear, especially in a town like San Diego, where it's becoming increasingly democratic um, and, and tougher and tougher to speak out. I know. And we thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. Congratulations, Dr. Nicole Kish on your new practice, booming practice. I know you're also building a new home uh, that is gorgeous. And I just wanted to, to bring you on and share the importance of standing your ground, fighting for what's right. And in the end, I believe God will take care of things and uh, doing the right thing, uh, things will take care of itself. So thank you for coming on with such a bright, shining light. Thank you, Jen. I appreciate you. And God bless America. All right. Thank you so much. Well, folks, we're uh, nearing the home stretch of the show. We'll come back here in a moment and wrap things up in a nice bow for you. Seven weeks from tonight, the midterms are happening. What you need to know coming back on the other side of the break. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to the Andrea K Show. I am Jen Kern sitting in for Andrea K tonight. And uh, thank you so much for being along with us as we talk about the upcoming midterm elections seven weeks from tonight. And, uh, and I hope I have uh, shared some light uh, points of light, as George W. Bush, H.W. Bush used to say, uh, points of light along the way to uh, help inspire you to get out there and volunteer and walk a neighborhood and uh, find out ways and connect with all these different groups and people we've brought you uh, to get out there and, and get involved. Um, look, what's on the line? Uh, Producer Noah and I were talking about this last hour. What soul exactly of the nation, is pretty much <laughs> the soul of the nation, the future of America, freedom, uh, the country as we know it. Um, look, make no mistake. If uh, seven weeks from tomorrow morning you wake up, if the Democrats have maintained control of Congress. Uh, socialism is going to come rushing in much faster than than you would ever expect. Just look at how fast it's it's come in. In just the four short years since Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the members of the squad uh, got elected, that was only four years ago. And you look at how socialism is starting to become an acceptable answer, uh, especially there was a recent poll uh, of Generation Z uh, youth and uh, they said, oh, socialism, we don't mind it. Uh, in fact, we think capitalism doesn't really work. Well, if you're a member of Gen Z and you graduated college in 2020 or even 2019, and your first few years out of college were in the COVID economy, yeah, you probably would think that capitalism stinks and that socialism isn't too bad. In fact, you probably... We're on the receiving end of a few checks from the government. And so if you think that's how socialism works, man, you, you'd probably love that. But I'll tell you what you won't love if you wake up seven weeks from tomorrow and the Democrats have maintained control of the House and the Senate is how much more quickly 
the quickening is going to blow your mind of how much more quickly we go into socialism. Uh, one of the things I know that's always on the mind of Californians is this new, uh, you know, green Green New Deal is going to solve all the problems. Gavin Newsom is going to get rid of gas cars by 2035. You guys are all going to be running around in electric vehicles. Well, look at how that didn't even work out for AOC, right? When she ran for office, don't forget uh, it was easy for her to talk that talk. It's a lot harder, as you know, to walk that walk. Um, during her own election uh, in the 2018 midterms, uh, AOC was busted for taking 160 trips on Uber uh, from April to June of that midterm year, amounting to roughly, it was about $5,000. But um, the New York Post dug into it even more, I remember, and um, she actually then in the general election took Uber and other rideshare services a thousand times, amounting to about $30,000 in Uber charges. When, by the way, a New York City subway system was 100 feet away from the front door of her campaign office. So AOC, who wants you to do all these things, and Gavin Newsom, who wants you to do all these things, they don't even practice what they preach but make no mistake, if you wake up seven weeks from tomorrow morning and the Democrats have maintained control of Congress, that's exactly where they're going next. And they're going to implement all of these things in addition to abolishing the filibuster. So Republicans will never have a chance to debate an issue again. They're going to stack the Supreme Court. How do we know this? Don't, you don't have to trust me or believe me. They've said it. AOC has said it. Chuck Schumer has said it. They're going to stack the court. They want 27 positions on the U.S. Supreme Court, and the list goes on and on and on. And Joe Biden admitted on 60 Minutes that he has no solution to actually solving inflation and the many, many kitchen table issues, jobs and the economy and the price of gas and the price of food. He has no solution for those going forward. And so if you choose Maybe to vote for a Democrat, okay. Uh, maybe you choose to stay home as a Republican. Maybe you get busy that day. Maybe you, you don't want to go to the polls. Got to pick up your drag cleaning. Got to pick up your kids. I get it. But if you don't vote, you are contributing to the United States of America going in a radically different direction. And Bill Clinton, I think, said it best the other day on TV uh, in, in the interview after the the Joe Biden interview on 60 Minutes, uh, Bill Clinton said, well, we can still win the midterms, but Democrats have to say all the right things. He didn't say they have to do all the right things. Bill Clinton just said Democrats have to say all the right things for the next seven weeks. So don't fall for it. Stay in the game. Get out there. Volunteer. And most of all, vote. Thank you so much for having me in today. I'm Jen Kearns, sitting in for Andrea Kay. Have a great night, San Diego. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.